transparency and ethics of a sales agency. Those are two things you really don't get when you work or hear or even consider sales as a, as a whole. So when people come through our door, they are more than delighted to see that we are entirely transparent, completely glass panels. They could see everything we're doing. And then also just the ethical side of things is we've had situations where we've been on calls and we, we have like group chats with our clients and stuff where we'll update them like, hey, we just got off the call. Here's the update. One of the things that our clients have raved about is the fact that we're pulling offers, which is weird to think about. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you for listening to an episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a marketing and branding consultancy. I am super excited for today's guest because we have been trying to get this interview on the calendar for a while. And to even to add just an additional layer to the absurdity here, y'all, Joe and I talk almost every day. Like, so the fact that we kept kicking this can down the road is a little bit embarrassing, uh, but Joe, thank you so much for, for helping me make this happen. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we could, we could finally, finally make this happen. And we do talk pretty much yes. every day. So it's kind of interesting. Yes, it took absolutely. A little while. And Joe and I actually have some additional collaborations planned here in the future. So I'm really glad that we get to kick off this first one, but let me tell you a little bit about him and then he's going to tell a bit about himself. So in terms of who Joe is and what he does, Joe Mann is the CEO of Insights and Outreach, and he's always looked to do business in what he considers is the right way. And he does this with a deep sense of pride in his work and a sense of morality and ethics. When he founded Insights and Outreach, his sole mission from day one was to always do right by his people. He's a relationship first kind of person. And he's always looked to do right by those people and provide them with the highest respect and service that he could possibly muster. Uh, and so it's that love for people and the love for building strong relationships that led him to sales, which, Joe, I'm going to be honest, I feel like for a lot of people, especially the people that we, you know, roll with on a regular basis, they're like, love strong relationships does not equal sales. So. Let's just go ahead and get started with how you even got into sales in the first place. Yeah, sure. I accidentally landed in sales. I got an internship when I was 17. I was working at a bagel store, working for my cousin, and was always like a people person. I just enjoyed people. I was always the first one to say, hey, welcome in. How's everything going? And then I got an intern with someone who my mom was friends with. So just I thought it was just going to be like a summer thing where I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I'll go 
learn some business stuff, come back and go back to school. Didn't know that they wanted me as like a sales intern. So I was essentially typing up scripts. I was managing, you know, all of like the documents and stuff like the admin stuff as an intern and really just became obsessed with sales as a process. And really just, I think you and I talk about it a lot. It's just like the process of the process is kind of like my favorite thing. And eventually at the end of the summer, when we kind of came toward the end of the internship, they offered me a full-time role as a specialist. So I took the role because it was a lot more uh, glorious than a bagel boy and actually was one of the top sales reps for about six to eight months and then became co-sales manager. And then from there, actually just (laughs) continually kept getting promoted to the point where I built out and developed the entire operations division of that business, became director of operations and oversaw the entire sales and operations department. So process operations sales have been deeply rooted in my career since day one. And then when I became a trainer, I led the region in sales kind of the 12 months and then also got promoted to training manager and then helped the region with their sales. And we took the gym from 32 to 34K a month in PT sales to about 64 to 68K by the time that I left. So sales for me has just been a thing. It's always something I gravitated toward. One of the women I work with called me at the super connector just because I could connect and talk to really anybody. And that's kind of really where... I stay true to is like, I could connect and talk wow. to anybody. And that's really what, what sales is to me is, is, is it's a connection. It's, it's a relationship. Uh, and you and I talk about that a lot is just like the value of having that strong relationship can, can make everything in business a hell of a lot easier. I love that. I love that. And it makes sense actually that, that that person would call you a super connector just because since you and I have sat down and we, we had, you know, a couple of sessions talking about emotional intelligence. For those of you who haven't met Joe, he is incredibly emotionally intelligent, uh, scores really high in, in all of the modalities and the sub skills. And so that's actually not surprising to hear that. And so I I find it to be a a wonderful combination for the way that you do things and and what your offer is in terms of being so emotionally intelligent, but also having that type of mind that is really good at setting up systems and processes, just because I think a lot of times we associate processes like with the they would be better off if there are less humans involved. And I, I think that you would have a really good idea of how to place people. But I'd, I'd love for you to share what it is that you all do at Insights and Outreach, just so everybody's clear. Yeah, of course. So but we're, we're tried and true and ethical sales agency. We are essentially a fractional sales agency. So we come in and we install a complete A to Z sales department to the business, including CRM, closers, account managers. And we also help build out the operations department of the business as well. Because our biggest thing is that sales and operations should work in unison. And that, of course, your sales department should be working to close more deals for you. But your operations and your backend should actually be designed to help you increase your client lifetime value, your client journey, and really just the business as a whole. So what we do is we actually come in, help you prime your offer if needed, help you work out your sales process, the complete A to Z from everything, persuasion to the call to the follow-up process we help you build out come in with the CRM and you get a dedicated team to help you scale your business. So really cool offer, something that we really have enjoyed doing. Uh, And I'm not biased when I say that, but (laughs) it's just more something that has been a ton of fun for us. And it's it's right in our wheelhouse and our zone of genius. And it's just been uh, a lot of fun 
That is so great. So thanks for sharing that. I just, I thought that that was really important to hear because we were just talking about your love of systems and, and all of that. And, and of course, your ability to create and manage and train teams. And I think insights and outreach is like a testament to to everything that you've done before. And seems like it's going to be, you know, a critical piece in everything that you do, at least in the near future, probably the far future. I think it's kind of in the name in a way, that name and and what it is you all do. You've got the culture and you've got the systems. And if you have those two things, then you can just ebb and flow and pivot and twist and do what needs to be done. So, all right. So you are a salesperson, right? I mean, you're a CEO now, but you've Well, you've been a a salesperson for a long time. (laughs) You have a sales team, which means you have sales people. So based on all of the training you've done, the experience that you've had, the teams that you've built, the team you have now, what do you think is the key to becoming a better salesperson? Because we need help, Joe. We need help. It's a bit of a, a bit of a loaded question but i think when you look at it from a from a 30,000 foot overview the best salespeople are the best people they're the most caring they're the most compassionate and very much so the best listeners when you look at some of the top sales trainers and you see some of their trainings and you see how they are as people they're very cerebral in their approach everything is well thought out and it's very much so about the other person and one of the biggest things that we look for our teams to be or really are people to be bought into for our team is the fact that it is people first, it's client first, customer first. So really the biggest thing is serving at the highest level and, and bringing your best foot forward to see how you can service the person in front of you rather than just looking for the sale. So, I mean, we, we could go on for hours with this question, but I think the the probably the most important part is you want to have high intent going into the call but have low attachment. Ooh, high call. intent, Meaning, low attachment. Just to <laughs> draw some attention to that. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It, probably the biggest thing that we teach is that because when you come in and you come in helping first, meaning that it's not just about the sale, it's not about your 10K program, it's not about the results. It's really about what the person on the other end of the line is going to do when they come into your world and the transformation that they're going to go through. And when you're able to really portray that to them, and have that conversation and really make it so that it's for them and not just for you, your sales become so much easier. And also when you don't get attached to sales, when sales don't happen, you don't go through this roller coaster of emotions and you kind of are able to keep that neutral pace. So really remembering those two things are, are probably going to be the strongest piece to becoming a better salesperson and just, just becoming a better person oh as goodness. a whole. This is good because I was just listening to something this morning and then I typed it on somebody's Facebook video. And so now I get to say it again. So I just feel like maybe this was really important. I'm glad I wrote it down. But this sounds very much like focusing on or not even focusing on money necessarily, but just remembering that money is a result, not the goal. Yes. Yeah. We've we've spoken about the the blind chase before. Um, And Starting in finance, that was what my entire career was about, was just money. It took a lot of rewiring to kind of fix that, but it, it completely changes how you look at business, how you look at your sales. And the process becomes so uh-huh. much more of like a journey rather than just like a process, especially when you look at like the sales process, right? If you look at it for it to just be the end result of a dollar, it's not always the best case. But when you look at it as like, okay, how am I best servicing 
my prospect, not even my mm-hmm. clients, my prospect at this current state of the journey where they are in the funnel, how can I meet them halfway, solve the problem they're experiencing, and then bring them a little bit further into our world? And that's really one of the bigger keys for business, in my opinion. Yes, yes. I've actually, I have a graphic on my site. We actually need to rebrand this graphic, like many other things, now that the site's been rebranded. But uh, talking about the sales cycle, I call it the sales and marketing cycle because I feel like it transposes over both. Mm -hmm. But instead of making it three parts, awareness, consideration, and decision, it's four parts with it being a cycle instead of a funnel. And it's uh, awareness, consideration, decision, and delight. And I think that ties into your your concept there of, of talking about the CLTV, the customer lifetime value. If you look at it as a cyclical thing, then even once they decide and say they choose you, you still have to delight them so they can go through that cycle again and look at subsequent offers or or give you the information you need so you can build a subsequent offer. So that is fantastic over there. And I think I think you just touched on a point that a little bit is a little bit outside of what we were talking about, but is very important is when you look at CLV and you look at kind of like what, okay, what's next, right? So like, okay, you went through my first program, like what's next? What, how can I increase your CLV? When you look at it, you have to be talking to your customers. Yes. Like you should be looking into, you shouldn't be looking out outward and be like, all right, what's the next biggest problem I can solve? Because for me, I could say, all right, well, that could be marketing, mm-hmm. but I'm not a marketing expert, but I'm a sales expert. And we can have different tiers of offers and different levels of service in our sales business. Um, and when you look at that, in order for me to figure out what that next solution is or what that looks like, I'm going to dial up our top clients and just be like, hey, what have you liked about working with us? What have you hated? And what do you think we could be doing better slash what could we provide you for you to do better? And they'll tell you flat out. Tell you, well, the course was, wasn't that great. I didn't use it. Or they might tell you like the course was the best thing about it. So like you could really take that feedback and A, improve your current program. And then B, also just create something or some sort of subsequent offer that's like, hey, you told me you wanted this thing. Here it is. And your customers appreciate that you listen. Here it is. Yep. Yep. And that's funny because they love that you listen. I just before our interview, I actually was just on a call having that conversation with somebody who finished one of finished <laughs> my boot camp. And they're like, Yeah, what's next? And I'm like, Okay, well, let's talk about it. I got ideas, but I want to hear what you've got, you know. And they gave me what they got. And they're like, Yeah, I want to hear about it. So you're so right. All right. So to close out this episode, which feels like it's flown by, I have been asking this question of our guests as of late. And so I want to ask you, especially because of the industry that you are in, I think that this question is especially good for you. So we're here on the Defiant Business Podcast, and I want to know, Joe Mann, what makes your business defiant? Transparency and ethics of a sales agency. Those are two things you really don't get when you work or hear or even consider sales as a, as a whole. So when people come through our door, they are more than delighted to see that we are entirely transparent, completely glass panels. They could see everything we're doing. And then also just the ethical side of things is we've had situations where we've been on calls and we, we have like group chats with our clients and stuff where we'll update them like, hey, we just got off the call. Here's the update. One of the things that our clients have raved about is the fact that we're pulling offers, which is weird to think about, but we only look for people to get... like If they're passing through us, we're, we're your coffee filter. 
for you to get the best cup of coffee. So the way for it to look is like, we shouldn't be making an offer to anybody. And we don't. I mean, even with Insights and Outreach, we've pulled more offers than we've made this month. And I could tell you that for certain because we don't want to work with just anybody. But it's the same thing with our clients where if someone comes to us, we're not just trying to go for the sale. The sale isn't really the, the point for here. It's really how can we help the person on the other end of the line? And when you're talking to them in that tone and with that energy, it's extremely palpable. So we've had clients come back and we're like, hey, we just pulled this offer. This person wasn't really a good fit for X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh my God, I love it. Thank you. And like, I've had clients text me like, I can't appreciate enough how much, how transparent your, cl- your closers are. And that's one thing that like throughout my entire sales career has never been a thing is like, no one's been transparent. I've been in sales organizations where I didn't know how much I was getting paid for what I was doing. And they just wouldn't really give you an answer. So like it happens. But one of the things that sets us apart is really just the, the glass mm-hmm. pane, come see behind the door approach. It's just like, you want to know what's going on, what we're building, come see it. You want to know what we're doing to help you, come see it. And then here's the ethical side of the things is we're not trying to just hit you over the head with a price. So transparency and ethics are probably the two biggest things that help us to defy our quo. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So pulling an offer, that means you didn't make the offer, right? Either you made it or you took it back. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And most of the time that's an unqualification yeah. thing. If so if if you're a coach, just like you want to work with people mm-hmm. who are coachable, right? But if we get on the phone with someone and they're just like, oh, you know, I've been doing all these things and Facebook is is conspiring against me and all these people are doing all these things and they're really not taking responsibility for themselves, the odds of them being coachable are relatively slim to none. And you could work with them, of course, and not to say that they're lost causes, of course, but are they an ideal fit for your program? Probably Probably not. not. And especially not if you're, you know, if you do like organic marketing or anything like that, if people are coming to you complaining about Facebook, they're going to come in and complain about you. So it's not going to be the best scenario for you. But what you're able to do is really just have that buffer of like, okay, this isn't going to be a good fit. We're just not going to make an offer. That's it. We just, we're just not the right mm-hmm. fit for you. They might get on another call and someone else is a perfect fit for them. But the reason we do that is because if they're not a good fit, they may not be a good client. Yes. And they might be a nightmare client or they could just refund. So what's more worth it to you is, is have a sale stay with you and increase your CLV or have a sale with you and increase your refund rate. Yes. So it depends on what you're, what you're looking for there. <laughs> no, Joe, I want refunds. I want refunds. <laughs> I just want <laughs> refunds. <laughs> I love losing money. And, and I think it's other. important to point out here, <laughs> uh, especially in this online service space, like a refund is not a refund anymore. It's not like, you know, when we were kids and our parents would go take something to Target and get a refund and they got back exactly what they paid. That's not what happens, right? So if you process using Stripe or QuickBooks or whatever it is that you use, QuickBooks and Stripe take their little piece, right? And then you know what happens when they give they give refunds? They give the customer, the client back exactly what they paid. And then that little bit of the transaction difference, that comes out of your pocket. Refunds cost you. So it's not, it's not, it's not as easy as it used to be. Like refunds cost you because the, the, the processor takes their fee. And then when they refund, they got to pull that money from somewhere and then the processor's not giving up their fee. So they did their job. Yeah, so they did. Now they're doing it to. again, <laughs> giving the refund. 
<laughs> All right. So that was our, that's our first episode with Joe. And we're actually going to have a second one. And you guys are going to love next week's topic because with such an ethical and transparent salesperson here who has a, a, a close rate usually of what, Joe? Uh, right now we're at 58%. Right. We were at 60 last month. Right. So that's what I'm saying though, like, like better than 50%, better than 40%. I don't know what y'all's close rates look like, but mm, that's why we're listening to Joe. So we're going to be talking about, uh, process sales and process goes together. Sales process. We're going to be talking about that next week, but if you want to get in touch with Joe before then we've got his social links in the description here of today's episode, but be sure if you need to listen to it again, go follow him on social media, check out his content. He, he creates content, puts it out there. He's very generous, uh, that way. So just make sure that you're going out there and checking out those things and reach out if you have questions uh, about something he said or something that's coming up for you. But again, tune in next week, next Thursday. This episode will be live where Joe and I are digging into his expertise. So Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Ruthie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others and post about it on social media. To link up with other Defiant businesses, join my Facebook group, the Defiant Business Group. The link is in the episode description. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.